Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk for lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blindly passion, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his fire. Father, for choosing us for, before the foundations of the earth, Psalm 139.16, for the things that we are, the, the works that we're to walk in, which is echoed by Ephesians uh, 2.10, I believe it is. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for that. We don't understand it, um, but it is definitely a blessing, uh, you know, and I know that as time progresses, and particularly once we're in eternity, hopefully in your presence in Mount Zion, the city of the living God, innumerable company of angels, hallelujah. But, Father, you know, we just want to say thank you. We don't, again, we worship you, we praise you, and we need, of course, to continue to walk as close to you as we possibly can and also, uh, you know, kind of fight the good fight and learn to trust you. Uh, And, you know, without, you know, no matter how jammed up we our lives appear to be no matter how desperately you know desperate they may seem no matter how much our bank accounts have been depleted how how um dismal our immediate future looks through fleshy eyes um we need to come to that place where we know that you have truly got us in your hand jesus you truly have us in your hand as well and that we are to be ultimately protected by you and and uh and by virtue of having that trust in you, it changes our entire walk dynamic. It changes our sanctification process. It gives us hope that cannot be stifled by the demons of darkness. And it, and it, and it uh, transcends um, the flesh life that we're in right now and keeps our hearts and minds stayed on the things that you have for us uh, in, in, that, in, the, you know, in, in our heavenly homes and also through all of eternity. Uh, ruling and reigning with Jesus, if you know, and as we pray uh, that uh, we were not just called, but also ultimately we are chosen. And we pray in Jesus' name, Father, if there is anything that any behavior, any feeling, any thought, uh, any any iniquity in our heart, with you know, just 
anything that isn't in alignment with your perfect will and your desire for our purity, that you will continue to work with us, that you will assign angels to us for on special uh, assignments that will uh, direct our thoughts, that will um, encumber us from making decisions or turning to the left or turning to the right when we should not to. Uh, but you know, we just ask you for this uh, in Jesus. We ask for your presence, your prayers, the prayers of the cloud of witnesses for each of us, and that you would impress upon our hearts uh, to uh, pray for one another more than we have ever before, and to also pray as much as we can uh, for the lost across the world uh, until the very day of our departure. We praise your holy name and we thank you for just, uh, you know, for every opportunity that we have to be able to gather. And, and, and discuss, uh, you know, the things that, um, well, uh, that you have impressed upon my heart, um, and I will always promise you that I will maintain an open heart, an open mind, and understand 1 Corinthians 8, 2, if anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet as they ought to know. And we just praise you for lines upon lines of understanding, precepts upon precepts of understanding, here a little, there a little of understanding, as you have given, to, you know, given us guidance in your scripture, understanding that uh, when it all comes together as part of the body of Christ, you are preparing us for the days that we have ahead of us, and we need to come to that place of peace that you have promised when we truly trust you. We love you. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you because we know that you are not a man that you would lie. We know that the promises in the Bible will come true. We just have to push through all the way to the very moment of that knife coming down into Isaac, and we got to endure we got to endure to the bitter end, no matter what we're going through, no matter how awful it seems, no matter how, and boy, is there, oh my gosh, I don't think some of it we can even put into words, but we just are going to continue to get up. We are going to have joy. We are going to have peace. We are going to trust you. We are going to praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. There will be no negativity, no grumbling, no, uh, none of it. We're just going to rebuke it. We're going to fight it off, and we're going to continue in our journey as we see all these things very very end times things unfolding before our eyes, albeit much, much slower than we had expected uh, many years ago. But nevertheless, and uh, it, it, things that are that can't be unseen, things that are so satanic, so evil, so seething, so beyond really anything. I admit it's beyond my imagination. I, you know, watching the Biden speech, Father, it was it was like watching Satan himself or an incarnation of Satan into a new version of Hitler. I mean, and then the colors were the same colors as the woman who rides the beast in Revelation 17, that, uh, you know, scarlet red color and that uh, deep purple color, which is uh, the colors of satanic ritual ceremonies. I mean, Father, we're, we're so close. To, I mean, it, it, that the imagery just, exu I mean, it just exploded with the rise of the Antichrist. Anyone who saw that and did not perceive the rise of the Antichrist, the final Antichrist, was missing it completely. And we praise you for that, Father, because in the midst of these slow periods that we have to go through on occasion, 
It really helps us to be reflective, to look back upon the signs, the wonders, the amazing things that you have shown us, the, the, the creepy, scary things that you have shown us as well, to keep us as close and on our knees to you as possible, seeking that level of purity and sanctification in our walk that truly pleases you. And that's what we want to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And now to him, our Lord Jesus, who is able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless someday before the presence of you, Father, with exceeding joy. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Hallelujah. Amen. God, thank you, Jesus. Well, I guess, you know, for those of us who live in the United States of Babylon the Great, we could extend a happy Labor Day weekend out to all of those of you who uh, are, uh, you know, fantastically blessed. I know there's a lot of you out there. Uh, now, that does not necessarily mean that eventually, if you have not you know, because it, it, the, the trials and the tribulations and the chastening and the testing and stuff like that, the refiner's fire stuff, it comes in bursts. And it's a mighty money, but unbelievable. You cannot even, oh gosh, gushing, ecstatic blessing when you've gone through a whirlpool of ugly and you finally do get a little bit of respite from our Heavenly Father. Uh, he puts down, you know, his hand of protection over you and tells Satan to back off and you actually get a little bit of time and you can focus on drawing in closer to the Lord and uh, your prayer life gets more healthy, you get more healthy. And then, of course, eventually the Lord will say, Okay, we need to toss him over into the ring with Rocky Balboa now and get him get him or her ready for the next phase of fun. Thank you, Jesus. So, I you know, the, if I you know, I I 
during this journey, I have done the best I can. Now, granted, if, if, if uh, the listeners are not listening to all the shows, you're going to miss stuff, and that's cool. I Look, I would not, you know, um, I, if, you know, if I was listening to, you know, somebody out there on the Internet, um, you know, I, I sincerely doubt that I'd be able to listen to every single thing that they say either. I mean, you know, especially in today's day and age. I mean, just things are going crazy. They're insane. People are doing all kinds of awful things they shouldn't be doing. Husbands and wives are just, you know, at each other's throats. I mean, I've never seen anything like it right now. I know that there's children problems out there. I know that there's all kinds of job problems, rent problems. You name it. Pick a topic. It's it's just so pervasive, and it's all, you know, you, 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 can't, you, you can't get away from it. So anyway, Praise God. But anyway, we just, you know, we're just going to have to punch our way through, continue to trust God, uh, do the very best we can. We have got to avoid at all costs. We cannot criticize, condemn, nor complain. There can be no negativity. I know that's hard when, you know, I believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm always the, the, I hold myself up as the poster child of exactly how, what you don't want to do. And the only reason that uh, I'm able to speak to this with, with knowing that I'm right about it, uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt, is that um, you know, I had to experience the journey. It doesn't mean that I've arrived. I still have the same exact problems, and I fight. I, you know, I go into states of pity parties. I try to cut it off before it turns into a lot worse. Uh, you know, um, I, but but you got to practice. Practice makes perfect. You know, I, 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 I've, there wasn't an angel to the best of my knowledge that came down and stood, uh, you know, beside Abraham when he was, you know, when, when, you know, Isaac was on the altar. Right. So our faith has to be tested. Our willingness to submit to God's will, our willingness to be like Job and say, though he slay me, yet I will trust him, Job thirteen fifteen, I believe it is. You know, we need to get to that place, and, it, and it's, a, it's a really, really hard journey. And uh, But at least we know where we're going, and that's the most important thing of all, because a lot of really awesome anointed believers out there, and I'm not, I can't, I just can't, I'm not allowed to name names, but I would love to, because you would be like, oh, wow, no way, not her. Or, oh, wow, no way, not him. Uh, but yes, way, them, they are included in this. But they don't, they haven't, you know, they, they, they may be blessed with whatever gift the Lord has given them or whatever the case may be. But but I think one of the most gorgeous, awesome, oh, my gosh, super ultra blessed gifts that our Heavenly Father could give us is a word of knowledge, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, uh, that are backed scripturally to help us to be able to navigate the ambiguity and the weirdness that's going on around the world and to do it with some certainty so that we're not knocked off of our daily life challenge game. We don't want I, – I, so again, I will repeat, we have this radio program and the listeners of this program have become horrible victims Okay, of – latching on to prophetic words, uh, particularly because there were so, they were just, oh my gosh, like 30, 40, 50 of them a day from uh, hundreds and hundreds of different people, many of which we brought on the radio show, many of them very famous, many of them showed up like multiple times on Jim Baker and you name it and the 700 Club and blah, 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 blah. And so it was a wide mixture, you know, so, we, so again, when we went through that transition, 
It was horrific. I mean, it was humiliating. Uh, when you know, I'm not. I'm, this isn't a dig against the, our father. This is just the emotional thing that we as humans have to deal with, right? So we're so we were so jacked up and ready to get out of here, and that martial law was going to be invoked in the United States of Babylon the Great, which is a really, really important major step in allowing the Antichrist to rise up and take control of the country as the new fearer over the the rise of the what what many call the fourth Reich. I mean we got we got our Treblinkas, you know, we got our Auschwitzes out there. We got all the stuff in place. We even got highly advanced incinerators and really nifty uh, FEMA coffins that are patented as cremation containers for cadavers that hold the uh, smell of burning flesh. I mean, we are set up for one heck of an apocalyptic series of events. The key here, of course, I think for all of us is to you know, really seek the, our father in our walk right now, really spend a, a disproportionately large amount of time praying for one another. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was on um, the prayer vigil that I had shared this uh, verse. And I'm going to share it again. Uh, it's First uh, Samuel, let me see here, 12, 23. There we go. Hallelujah, praise you, Jesus. All right, so it's, it's it, okay. Here we go. So in First Samuel twelve twenty three, um, Sister Nancy had given me this verse because I was asking her to pray for me and all that kind of stuff. And you know, you always wonder if the person's going to be overwhelmed with their their own problems and maybe not get around and to pray for you. And you know how crucial it is for those prayers to be sent up. Uh, And we, because we're, so when you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people called out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, a royal priesthood, that isn't something in the future, folks. That is something that is right now. That's who you are. Now, granted, it does require a continuous self-examination. You know, if you let a, you know, naughty word slip out or something because you've just your your head is popping off like the scanners movie because you can't take all the stuff that's being dumped on you you know you need to say father you know i i can i confess that i said the blank word and please father help to just remove all of that from me and purify me and just deal with it immediately. Make it a part of your your continuous walk, um, and then you'll be practicing righteousness as is defined in 1 John 3, 7. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as Jesus is righteous. That's what that verse is about. Uh, and then he who sins, but you've got to understand it's talking about willfully and, and habitually. Now, if you're dealing with a habit, that you're trying to break, just work on it, okay? Um, uh, you know, and keep on praising Jesus and watch over time. It may it may take a little bit of time to overcome some of the more stronger challenges that some of some of us may or may not have or have had histor- historically. But we need to stick to it, okay? We need to follow through to the very end and continuously praise. Again, don't criticize, condemn, complain. Don't do it because when 
when you do that, you hinder the arrival of the answer to your prayer. Okay, and uh, I have already marked a day in the near future where I'm going to do a solo show and once again go over the white paper that was written. Well, it was written by John Melindy, the world's largest divine healing uh, senior pastor. Uh, he operates primarily out of the southern part of Africa, but um, uh, he travels all over the world. Anyway, so, uh, and his testimonies are bar none, the very best. I mean, anything that John Melindy has ever, I've ever heard him say, do, or uh, preach about is so eye-opening and absolutely mind-shatteringly shocking to even me that um, I latched onto it, embraced it, and um, have, and I know it's true. I know it's true. Um, and in the the case of combat in the heavenly realm, uh, which is a misnomer, it's not. There's nothing heavenly about it. It's the air. It's a very horrible, stinky, stench-filled, um, dark, creepy place uh, where the workers of Satan astral project, and they're in the presence of demons, and they actually hinder and stop our prayers from making it to our heavenly Father. So we need to understand all of that stuff real, real well today. So I went ahead, even though I had uh, discussed it a couple of times on prayer vigils, I could, you know, throw up one of, you know, toss up one of the prayer vigils as a best of show. But I think I'm going to go ahead and read, you know, because every time you read it, you learn something new. And I, 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 and especially when I'm doing it on the show. So praise God for that. And I want to make sure that, you know, we have, um, for, for, you know, a, 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 um, an analysis of that white paper that was given to John Melindy by a Satanist in Africa, whose job was to get up, uh, you know, in the early wee hours of the morning around 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and astral predict and hang out with the demons in the spiritual realm, uh, in the demonic realm, the air, and, um, and look for the prayers of the saints rising up and then to stop them. Okay, and they ha and it talks all about the different techniques that they use, and it also talks about the ramifications of certain Christian behaviors, and how they will, um, you know, cause people who are actually, you know, say, you know, so there's this there's this notion out there that supposedly is like relevant even today. Now, I, I you know, I'm just gonna let. That one right. I'm not going to make a commentary. I don't have any feelings one way or the other. But you have people who prophesy, which could be anybody, and you can prophesy through writing things, writing letters to the Lord Jesus, publishing them on a website. That can be prophetic. Um, you've got movies that are prophetic, lots of them. Uh, you've got, um, but then you also have these people who, the technical term is, um, reside in the office of a prophet, where they prophesy a lot. Now, I've heard people out there say that doesn't make sense. God doesn't give prophecies out on a daily. Basis. Well, no, yeah, he does. So, but but nowadays they're all so dorked up and corrupt and sideways. It's just you know almost impossible to sort your way through them. But I still pay attention to a little bit because I know as a fact that God will use people, even though you know they're maybe not hear they're hearing with a bias. They're whatever the case is. All right, praise God. So you just have to be able to detect the inaccuracies and look for the bingos, and then you know discern your way through it. 
And I haven't, you know, if I, I if I ever see anything that's like really mind bending, like wow, then I'll I will I will talk I will bring it to the radio show and I will explain why I it was a wow. All right, praise God. But um, otherwise, I just kind of periodically without any real fur, I, I'm like, uh, you know, I used to be like every day I would wake up. I go, Oh, I got to find a prophecy. You got to get, there's a prophecy. There's, you know, oh, another prophecy, another prophecy, another prophecy, another prophecy. And I just, you know, I gobbled them up like, you know, vanilla cupcakes, you know, as, uh, as wedding favors, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, cause I love vanilla, you know, wedding cake, vanilla cupcakes are like my favorite praise God. But anyway, so, and I need them like I need a hole in my head. I've, I've got a, I, anyway, all right, stay on track here, Johnny. Don't 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 stray. All right. So anyway, um, I want and and uh, a shout out to Brother Ken. Thank you for meeting me over at Bahama Breeze. It was really nice getting to meet a listener of the program. Hopefully, you'll get to uh, you know take a little bit of downtime and be able to hear the show. Uh, and also, I wanted to say a special word of thanks to so many of you that have been very kind. Uh, as I've you know uh, my my job situation is not going to get better. Um, and that's just the way it is. Um, so that I, so I will just simply continue to trust God. I will continue to row the boat away from the rocks as we ought to. Um, I, you know, you don't want to just sit there on your hands and say, dear heavenly father, please, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will protect my job. Uh, you, 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 you know, you don't, you just, you know, if you see your rowboat heading for rocks, you, know, you row the rowboat the other direction and you do what you got to do. But in the meantime, you say, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I trust you. I love you. I know that I am in your hands. I know I am in Jesus' hands. And I am just trusting you, Father, to take care of this. Open the doors that you want to have open for me and slam shut those you do not. But but it's I, I have no doubt uh, that there are, uh, you know, we're praying for each other. I've, I've got, and I want to just shout out and say thank you again to all of those of you who have even taken a, you know, a, you know, periodic moment to mention me to the Lord, because I really believe beyond any shadow of a doubt, beyond, I, I mean, it's not, I, I know in my heart that if it wasn't for the, the, those of you who have and continue to lift up my job situation to the Lord, I honestly don't I watch too many Christians get kicked to the streets in the last couple of weeks. And there's, you know, so anyway, I'm not going to go into that anymore. I'm just saying thank you. And I am fervently praying for every one of you and, um, and, and all of the listeners for that matter, because I don't want this, you know, the way Paul put it was, I, you know, when he was admonishing the Galatians, uh, sorry, BP meds, dry mouth, clon, C-L-O-N-I, Clonidin. Some people say clonidine. Uh, but anyway, it's a really powerful blood pressure med. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, the, the, um, it's, it, I just wanted to say thank you. We need to be praying for one another. And I wanted to share this with you. You know, I, I, I just love it when believers send me really cool verses and I'm like, no way. And they're in total context and they're utterly relevant to the moment in time. So I was going through some 
yeah, you know, pity party kind of stuff. And I was having a little hard time pulling myself out of the tailspin, <laughs> you know, and, um, uh, you know, because, you know, I, I've made a lot of mistakes, you know, you know, for example, I have relatives that are retiring early, you know, they're living real good. Now, granted, you know, there, there's vast differences in how they see the Lord as compared to how I did. But, you know, I could have made a lot of different decisions, but I was so sure Jesus was coming. I didn't make those decisions. So, um, and that's fine. You know, I, I, you know, God will keep me alive as long as he wants. And, uh, you know, I think we're so close right now, especially after Biden's highly, that, that's a, the coloration of the stage was not only Nazi Germany red and not only, um, accented by the armed Marine Marines in the background, which was very Nazi Germany. But the coloration, of course, was high mass satanic ritual, which, of course, is also the colors of the woman who rides the beast in Revelation 17 and other places, I think. But anyway, so if you go out on the Internet and you type in, for example, um, eyes wide shut eyes. I don't recommend that you watch the show because it's pretty dirty, uh, but um, eyes wide shut is the whole thing is about a massive satanic ritual ceremony at a wealthy person's house. So anyway, uh, but if you look at the images and you click on the pictures after searching on it, recommend DuckDuckGo, of course, uh, you will find a uh, image of them having the main satanic ceremony where they were all in black um, garb, okay, with masks standing around the ring, the circle of the bright blood red scarlet carpet, and then the satanic high priest with their purple robes. Um, now, anyway, so. Uh, so when you go back and you look at the Biden stuff, it's like, oh, it's so in your face. But the vast majority of Christians out there will never see it. And that may, that's what makes us blessed. Even, as, even though it's a tougher journey for us, even though we're going to get knocked off of our game, uh, you know, I just love the verse. Oh, gosh. Now, we're, oh, I think I dropped one of my three by five cards. Oh, no, that's not good. Oh, yeah, I got to find it. Ah, fiddle faddle. But anyway, the bottom line is we just need to stick to it. We need to trust God. We need to push through. And we cannot stop doing spiritual warfare. Um, you know, we just keep on keeping on. Keep on getting better. Keep on improving your walk. Use the power that you were given. There's life and death and power of the tongue. Power of the tongue. Power, 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 power of the tongue. Okay. It's no longer I who lives, but Jesus who lives in me, right? Okay? So that means you have power by saying things. This is why it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess to our Father of our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. This is why it's especially valuable to make it a continuous process. And if you, like I said, if you're dealing with a habit or something, you know, where under certain circumstances your behaviors might shift or whatever, or just, you know, your husband's doing something just awful and, you know, you flip out here and there, look, 
just don't give up. Just keep on praising Jesus. I'm not going I can't say it enough and you will see the change. It will happen. It's just not going to be a miracle change. But anyway, here's your scripture for tonight. 1 Samuel 12:23. Consider this one. Moreover, as for me, far be it for me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. How about that? I didn't know that it was a sin before God for us to have a prayer list and not follow through on it. Hmm. I wonder if that would keep you from making the barley harvest rapture. Ah, things that make you say, hmm, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, on that note, um, yeah, the big event in the last couple of days was the Biden thing. But it was here's the thing. It's it's the magnitude of the event. Yeah, you could say, well, there hasn't been an awful lot of other stuff, and you could get bummed out and say, boy, things are moving in slow motion, death by 50,000 cuts. When is this ever going to be over? But really, when you think of the magnitude of what was done with Biden in Philadelphia, it is on par with the Antichrist performing his inaugural speech Beach in the temple of Satan, or Zeus, in the Broncos Stadium. In the grand scheme of symbolic gestures on a global level, there are only two that I know of, and I'm not talking about the stuff that's on the side that we hear about or whatever. I'm talking about the really big stuff that the other countries are watching too. And the two Mac Daddy biggest of the bigs, was the Antichrist making his inaugural speech, Barry Satoro, Nubian Pharaoh, the whole deal. He even played the part of the Pharaoh at the Cedar in the White House. They know. These entities know who he is. So anyway, um, you know, so you, you, you take that satanic ceremony, essentially it was a form of a satanic ceremony in the Temple of St. Zeus during his inaugural speech, and you put that side by side with the Biden imitation, perfect imitation of Hitler, the red colors, the, the high, uh, um, you know, the, the coloration of, um, you know, a, a ritual high, you know, I forget what they call it, but it's a, it's a, it's a very high ceremony, very powerful ceremony, very dark. Um, it, it, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, really, that was a sign for us. Now, you could say, well, the, the Illuminati are signaling one another. And I'm like, whatever. I could care less about the Illuminati. They can all, you know, jump on a boat and take it to the end of the earth and fall off the earth and float out into space as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, I, I'm getting more and more like Smith Wigglesworth these days. You know what I mean? Going like, oh, <laughs> oh, it's only you, Satan. <laughs> oh. And then go back to bed, you know? I'm, I never... I really never thought of myself getting to this place, but I think after so many beatings, <laughs> you know what I mean? After so many beatings and all the, you know, you just get to a point where you're just like, Father, I surrender myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I will praise you. Thank you, Lord. And you got to get to that. Now, I will tell the Father, I will say, Father, you know, I, I would prefer to not have to, like, leave my home. But if that's your will, your will be done. You know, I, I'm always, you know, I, 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 I think it's appropriate to submit to God's will 
ask him for his will, ask him for his protection, but, you know, tell him how you feel. Tell him you're scared. Tell Jesus you're scared. Have, a, have that intimate conversation on your knees early in the morning before anybody else gets up, after you've anointed yourself with holy oil and consecrated yourself into the hands of Jesus and declared the holy fire of God around about you on all sides, intermingled with the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit, so you're divinely protected and completely connected to the throne room of God, and then sit there and say, Jesus, I love you. I'm really going through some hard times. This is this is really hard. And um, I need extra help. I, I, I admit it. I do. I don't know if I have the Constitution. I mean, I know that your scripture says you're not going to test us beyond our capability, but, you know, that, that could be a wide-sweeping, you know, metaphorical kind of a scripture and may not be applicable to every single event that you have to go through. And, Jesus, I'm going through some really crummy stuff. I need more help. Because if you don't ask, I mean, why would you get it? I think you got to ask. All right, praise God. So anyway, thank you, Jesus. Now, on that note, let's go ahead and see. Let me look at the time. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Kids. All right, kids. When is it bad luck to be followed by a black cat? Think real hard. When you're a mouse. <laughs> right, kids? Hey. All right. Okay, kids, what monster plays tricks on Halloween? Think hard. Frankenstein. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Frankenstein monster? Come on. Oh, oh, really? Oh, oh, okay. All right. Well, I guess. All right. Oh, oh, you guys just don't even want to hear the word Halloween. We're getting too close to it. You guys don't like that stuff. Okay, I got you. You're Jesus kids. All right. Um, what is the difference between a cat that got photocopied and a cat that follows you? One is a cat copy, and the other is a copy cat. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Come on. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. And on that note, let's head into the news. Praise Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. <laughs> Game over. All right, praise God. So I'm going to start off with uh, this little audio bite with Newt Ginrich. I'm jealous. How is he keeping his weight down so well? What is this guy like working out really hard every day or something, or just walking all over the place? And uh, but yeah, you know, any anyone who's like over the age of sixty is like really in good shape. I'm always like right away. I'm just like automatically like, that going it. What are they doing? And how come it's working for them and it's not working for me? But anyway, praise Jesus, Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Listen to this. Oh, oh, and hold on a second. By the way, uh, Real Clear Politics is a source, and quote, Gindrich, I fully expect A.G. Garland to indict Trump, the most corrupt justice department in America. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now I got to bring up my audio, uh, and I, oh, yeah, the other thing is I got to check my audio on the YouTube, too. All right, here we go. Justice department in all of American history. Uh, you have corruption from the attorney general 
to the head of the FBI, to senior elements of the FBI. Uh, you have collusion from a wide range of the intelligence community. You had, I think it was 50-some intelligence senior officials who signed a letter last year that we now know was a total lie, none of whom have recanted. Yeah. Um, I fully expect the Justice Department to indict President Trump in a D.C. court, a, a district where he got 5.6% of the vote. So by 19 to 1, the jury is likely to be against him. Uh, I think this is an all-out effort. And just had uh, Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, say that the FBI asked him to suppress uh, the Hunter Biden laptop for the three or four weeks before the election yep. in 2020. At a time, by the way, when some 80 percent of Americans say if they had known how corrupt Hunter Biden and through him his father were, they probably would have voted against Joe Biden. So, I mean, uh, I have no idea what's going to happen next. I'm a historian by training, and I tell everybody, you have to assume that nothing you know tells you anything about how corrupt and how sick this is going to get, because you have fanatics who represent a secular religion who are determined to destroy not just Trump, but Trump's followers, uh, and they could do almost anything. We have no way of knowing what the next six months or two years are going to carry. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let me go ahead and kill that because it'll probably jump over to some (laughs) other audio bite that I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I have to apologize for kind of thing. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So I think really all things considered and, you know, yeah, we need to keep our eyes on stuff. I still struggle. I've seen the articles that make it I mean, they just come right out and flat out say that they're going to wait to indict Trump until after the midterms. And I'm I'm like, well. If that be true, then they, the entities of darkness, the shapeshifters that are, you know, the, the seething, oh, seething evil, okay, uh, that is running things, we'll just leave it at that, and it's all over the place, very pervasive, it's all over the place. Uh, they infiltrate everything just like the Satanists do in churches and things like that. All right, anyway, we'll, we'll just go ahead and move on, but we better we better be on our A-game and just really keep our eyes open because there may be something they have, like an October kind of a surprise thing that they have planned that we're just, we have no clue. All right. And I just really struggle that they wouldn't do everything in their power uh, that if they're willing to wait until after the midterms to do whatever it is they're going to do to Trump uh, and maybe even fail. Uh, and then he would run in 2024. Who knows? You know, we don't know anything. We, we, we did, we're just everybody's speculating right now. Even Newt Gingrich is speculating. So I would, nobody knows. But it would blow me away. I'd be like, wait a minute. You had the opportunity to really, but I don't know. There's, I don't know. We're just going to have to watch. It's just one of those things. While the rest of the world, man, Europe is just going down hard. I, I talk to people over in Europe very frequently, and wow. Uh, yeah, they're, it's, yeah. They're way, they're, there are several exits ahead of the United States. And I think it's reasonable to estimate that the things that they're going to be going through this fall, that they're all, many of which are, they are already going through, will make it here 
in due time. Uh, so if you, you know, it's kind of like with China. If you want to know what kind of a police state we're going to be wrapped in, and when they're they're ushering people off to the FEMA camps, et cetera, and into the incinerators, um, you know, then. Uh, uh, you know, just watch China, okay? So China's kind of like, you know, a view into the future. And right now what's happening over in Europe is kind of a view into the future. And, the, and once again, the Christians in the United States of Babylon the Great are floating around in some haze of privilege, um, thinking that, well, you know, you know, the, oh, we support Israel, so therefore – Nothing bad's going to happen to us, you know, that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, anyway, let's just go ahead and move through the news. Here we go. All right, praise God. Sanctions block exports. i got to zoom in here on the show notes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, sanctions block exports of over 8 million tons of Russia's fertilizer products, uh, according to uh, a report out of Moscow, which, by the way, this is a no-brainer. What better way? Of course, you know, the control grid is locking it down tighter than a drum. So if you're not going out and doing your own homework or listening to the show regularly, you're not going to know. But can you imagine how desperately so many countries need this 8 million tons of fertilizer and food products? Oh, well. You know, the shape, the entity that refers to itself as Biden being marionette string controlled by the Antichrist, I... Oh well, and what's really, in really, what's really uh, astonishing, but I would have predicted it anyways, is that these European countries, with a few exceptions, are being run by other entities. Uh, you know, to what degree we don't know, um, and they are submitting to the destruction of their countries. Um, like you could go out and do some homework on the economic destruction of the United Kingdom right now, and yeah, uh, and it's all over. It's exceedingly pervasive across all of the European countries, and some of them are taking pretty extreme measures to work things out with Russia to get Gazprom turned back on potentially. Uh, but you've got this giant country known as Ukraine being run by Nazis that are totally in bed with Klaus Schwab, and they're going to do everything they can to, to blow up gas lines. They're, they don't want – they want things to be as horrible in Europe as is possible because the more horrible in Europe it is for them, the more they perceive you know, that – the West will push, and uh, I don't know. It's, it's just a bunch of sick, twisted, you know, proxy war stuff that we're all so used to seeing over the last 10 years, praise God. It's just a lot more apocalyptic, and we're literally a tactical nuke away from Russia saying, all right, to heck with it. Here comes a Samat missile. I hope you enjoy your day. Anyway, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Finnish prime minister declares transition to a war economy amidst the energy crunch. Now, remember... This is the hardest thing to, to keep on bringing back to the forefront of your member, what memory. When, when they say energy crunch, remember everything needs energy. All right? So that affects the soup on their shelves. <laughs> it affects everything. It affects everything. So if there's an energy crunch, what happens? The price of the energy goes up. It doubles the cost of a can of Campbell's soup. Every part of their society is affected by it. You understand? And that, so we hear the words energy crunch, 
but we really don't compute in our heads the magnitude of what this is going to cause to happen across the countries of Europe. This is very, very bad because when countries start to starve and people start to die, war breaks out. Enough said. Happened in World War II. Happened in World War I. This is, by the way, a no-brainer. Amen. You're good. <laughs> Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. All right. Praise God. And I was kind of a Captain Obvious. All right. Next one up. Republican lawmakers vow to impeach Joe Biden if the Republicans retake the House of Representatives. And around and around and around she goes, and where it stops, nobody knows. I'm just waiting for them to all, like, they turn into, like, you know, India's Congress or whatever they call it, or Parliament or whatever they call it over in India. You know, where they're like, you see the YouTube videos where uh, the two different uh, uh, parties get really, really mad at each other, and then it makes it onto YouTube, and, like, there's these, like, members of Parliament jumping over the top of tables and just beating the heck out of the other ones. <laughs> it's, like it, it's like, holy cow, what, 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 what am I seeing here? You know, is that their Parliament? for crying out loud i mean it's like you just get the feeling that we're really just one foul move away from uh our congress just you know just start jumping over the tables and popping each other in the head and whatever i mean it's just totally so totally insane and so many lies and oh my gosh it's that's why i just like whatever i just don't even got to report on it got to stay on top of it got to watch because jesus is coming got to understand that until second thessalonians chapter two is completely revealed and completed then you know we got to wait for that and then we're eligible for an early departure as part of the barley harvest we ought to be praying about that every single day praise god thank you jesus next one up over 50 Biden administration. Now think about this on scale. Economies to scale, okay? Over 50 Biden administration employees and 12 United States agencies are involved in social media censorship push, according to documents. So they've been looking. You know, this collective they have been. You know, the people that know something stinks, which is a lot of people, especially you know, even in Congress, um, have been looking into these things and they're like wait a minute this ain't just a thing between facebook and some you know black ops group out of the fbi you know that 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 you know that kind of thing they're what they're discovering is the the magnitude of the contagion okay the contagion if this were cancer this would be that person's body would be completely it would be you know uh the worst case scenario, total metastasis across all the lymph nodes, dead, dead. Okay, you're talking 50 Biden administration employees and 12 U.S. agencies all involved in censorship activities. Guess what? What are the odds that they didn't get them all when they were doing the analysis? Very high. All right, the next one up, they probably didn't even count the, the NGOs and the Global Santana Crime Syndicate and the fact that we're still using Dominion voting machines that have not been taken out. And every other thing under the sun, I'm, you know, it could be that they're so, pro, they're, they, they, they're, they're so ready to just, anyway, the midterms may be worthless. They, they actually may be a total waste of time. And, you know, all the Republicans will wake up the next day and be like, what? 
And it might be just the thing for my sisters to snap out of their, you know, Donald Trump is going to be beamed into you know, by the Starship Enterprise into the Oval Office any second now kind of thing. All right, praise God. That'll help me out a lot. All right, next one up. The Epic Times reports that tens of thousands, and it's a lot of people, folks. It, it, it's crazy, a lot of people, protesting right now against uh, the Czech Republic, the European Union, and NATO. So this is actually happening in Prague, uh, but the photographs kind of tell a story. Now, this to me is very, very sad. I happen to know uh, because it's a blessing to, it was a blessing for me. Uh, that a an individual wrote me. I am still praying for him. I got to find my post-it note. I keep it by my prayer chair to remind me. But anyway, he asked me to pray for him. But he he said, I just wanted to let you know. I've been listening to the program for a long time, uh, and I'm I'm a, I, I totally understand what you're talking about when you're talking about the complexity and difficulty and politics and backstabbing that you got to deal with on your job. Yeah, I just wanted to tell you, you do have a listener that totally gets it. Uh, I'm, a, you know, I'm a chief financial officer for a company who will go nameless. Uh, so he's executive level, and he t- and he listens to the program. And I just praise God for that. I think that's wonderful. But anyway, this is sad. The headline reads from the Epic Times: Bed Bath and Beyond chief financial officer plunges to his death from a New York skyscraper following mass layoffs. Now. You may say somebody threw him, right? Because that would be your de facto conspiracy theorist assumption, right? I don't think so. I really believe that this guy was probably a really good guy. He did the very, very best he could to, uh, you know, make Bed Bath & Beyond a very successful company. They were at one time. Absolutely great stock investment, the whole deal, right? But in this economy and, if, and you know, and all the other stuff that's going on, you know, there are people, you know, we make awful mistakes when we analyze things and we generalize and everybody at NASA is a bunch of reptilians. And no, that is absolutely false. All the people in the FBI are bad. No, that's absolutely false. Whenever you generalize, you're, you're already you're, – you're wrong before you've even gotten out of the gate. So your whole analysis is trashed. It's like trying to do calculus when you don't know the algebraic order of al- operations. If, if you know, you, Oh, well. So anyway, this guy, I honestly believe from the bottom of my heart, jumped because his heart was absolutely broken. He feel, I believe he felt absolutely like he could not go on, that he was somehow directly responsible enough that he could have done something better to save all of these people's jobs, and he just couldn't handle the, he couldn't handle the grief. And that's sad. And I think we're going to – I think a lot more of that kind of stuff. Plus, you got like all these scientists and stuff, uh, though, yeah, especially oil executives that Russia's offing. So they're getting rid of a bunch of oil executives. Who knows why? Um, it's just the same stuff that's always been going on. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Here we go. Great for our lives. Ukraine nuclear plant loses power. Why are they losing power? Why are there artillery shells that are exploding all over the nuclear plant, potentially hitting you know the 55-gallon drums full of radioactive waste that they have rode up in massive parking lot areas outside you know why because it's the nazis it's the nazi azov battalion they don't care how many people die and they're just going to turn around and say look what russia did look what russia did again i side with robert vandrius mitchell that 
in my opinion, all things considered, Putin's restraint is impressive. Because if I was taken, if I knew what I knew, and I know that Putin knows that they're being directly attacked by NATO already by the virtue of NATO and the United States military and CIA being involved inside the war zones. They have the proof. They've shown the credentials from the dead soldiers. They've already proven about the biolabs. And we're just going la, 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 and everybody's sitting there drinking their Budweiser, staring at CNN, absolutely clueless, having no idea what's going on. Anyway, all right, next one up, hallelujah. English school chaplain, English school chaplain reported to the terror list because he called it a risk to children for doubting the LGBT ideas. So now this Anglican church uh, chaplain has been placed on the United Kingdom's terror list. Oh, just put all these things together, and it's just this big old gigantic pot of jumble, end times jambalaya. Hallelujah. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Next one up. Why is Syria being placed in the spotlight this week, according to this Jerusalem Post analysis? And basically the reason is because there are massive, highly detected, overt, incursions of Iran's military moving into Syria. Now, you know, I don't really care what their hypotheses are in regard to why it may or may not be happening. That's irrelevant because you got the Iran nuclear deal that Biden's probably going to sign because he wants to make things worse so that it gives them a reason to use the tactical nukes, which will, of course, open up response and kind dynamics because once one side uses a tactical nuke, even if it's on a remote territory, or one that you you have named globally as one that you protect or is a partner of yours, it, it follows the principle of response in kind, which then opens the door for Putin to use tactical nukes as well. It, it's, it's a butterfly effect. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Kremlin, Nord Stream halted over European Union violation of maintenance agreements and sanctions. And again, all this is that story that I've been talking about for about six months where the Gazprom pump, those pumps are giant. They're huge. They're just gigantic pumps, and they can, they're only made a couple of places in the world. And, you know, because of the Azov artillery shells, that pump got disabled, Russia sent the prompt, which is critical for people to survive in Europe, they sent it to Canada, and that meat-headed entity being, a creature from the Black Lagoon, you know, whatever, that thing Trudeau calls, I mean, okay, thank you, I think I've stated my case for Trudeau. All right, anyway, they stopped it. And then later on, they change their mind. They're like, but, you know, it's just like a daily and a dollar short, and a lot of people are going to suffer. And they're looking for alternatives right now, desperately, because winter is upon us right now. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Trump's, and I'll be right there. Uh, hang in there for me, Gary. I'm almost at the end. Trump's brand, Trump brands Biden an enemy of the state, and he's come out and made public statements. Uh, they have found their way onto various Twitter locations. Uh, they're on his social media site, and he's very vo- – oh, and also at the Pennsylvania – I believe it was the Pennsylvania site that he just did a uh, uh, kind of a, uh, um, uh, you know, like a um, 
a big, you know, re- I, well, I want to say revival, but I'm just uh, forgetting what the word is. But anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, so he, the word is out. All right. The war is on. All right. Next one up says Biden's speech denouncing Trump and MAGA ideology sparks, sparks threats of violence. And even if it didn't, they'd still say it did. Another headline up. Praise God. Lindsey Graham doubles down on riots in the streets warning. So riots in the United States. So, again, you keep on hearing over and 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 over. Civil war, civil war, civil war, civil war. Did he say civil war? I think he said civil war. I think my mom said civil war. It might have been my kid Frankie. I don't know where I heard it, but I keep on hearing civil war. There must be a civil war coming. Next one up. Very strong magnitude 6.9 earthquake in the central mid-Atlantic ridge. But that happens to be where tectonic plates come together, so that's a bad sign. I just thought I'd share that with you. All right, praise God. Next one up. Wiki spooks vanishes from the net. Have, have the spreaders of disinformation had anything to do with it? All right, so I'm here to tell you, folks, what's happening right now is really ultra scary because the cybersecurity companies and those various cybersecurity solution providers are now getting in on the censorship game. And I promise you, that is not good. Not said. FedEx delivery. By the way, WorldNet Daily is blacklisted, so they're having a real hard time staying, keeping things going. Uh, next one up, FedEx delivery network is on the brink of collapse because of rising costs of, and, uh, uh, that have pushed contractors to the brink of bankruptcy. Owners of delivery trucks, fleet warnings. FedEx. Right, Raul. Next one up. Disney to air six satanic cartoon entitled, believe it or not, Little Demon. The plot features a demonic pagan ritual and a single mom knocked up by Satan. Coincidence? I don't think so. For those of you who can receive it. Next one up. Nanoparticles in the mRNA vaccine change the immune system, finds new study. You're good. Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. Praise God. Next. All right. Mass shooting in Virginia kills two, two people, injures a bunch more. Another mass shooting in Charleston leaves five people injured, according to police. They're not laying out. Oh, listen to this. Embalmers are finding more and more long, fibrous clots, okay, blood clots are, uh, you know, throughout their body. But here's the thing. They pulled a whole, whole bunch of them out, and then they did a lab analysis on them. And guess what? They're not even blood clots. Yep. They're lacking magnesium, potassium, zinc, and that means they're not blood clots. So what are they? Hmm. Inquiring minds want to know. Next one up. Russia initiated meeting of parties to biological weapons convention to be held next week because they want to figure out what they're going to do about it. And guess what? Is anybody else going to show up? Anybody from NATO? Hmm? Anybody from... The Antichrist control grid, the global satanic control grid, anybody going to show up? Did they care? No. It's just going to be a group of Russian leaders because they don't, they just, oh, well, whatever. 
Next one up. The United States poised to relocate bio programs from the Ukraine to other post-Soviet states, according to Top Brass, which, of course, would be their normal modus operandi. You know, they get rid of, uh, uh, what is it, um, uh, the Montauk chair, and then they immediately say, well, we got rid of that Montauk. You know, we're not doing any of that anymore. But then they open up Project Pegasus, and they don't tell anybody about that. But anyway, and then and then you search on Project Pegasus on Google right now, and there's no sign. No sign of the real Project Pegasus. And pages and pages back, there's no sign of it. Go to DuckDuckGo, type Project Pegasus, and bam! You hit it right away. Hallelujah. Next one up. Los Angeles Times, the worst of a second record California heat wave still to come. What do you need to know? Run for your lives. There's going to be power outages and lots of fires. And speaking of which, Los Angeles Times reports Northern California wildfire wipes out a neighborhood at frightening speed. So we have the same dynamics taking place, at probably a lot worse uh, than we have had in prior years. Next one up. Accidental emergency broadcast says everyone in Los Angeles should evacuate. And by the way, it showed up on all of their cell phones. So they're, they're running tests. They're getting ready. They know what's coming. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And thank God that we do, too. Next one up. Investor warns that a super bubble may be about to burst into finance and causing a, you know, massive financial tragedy. And do be advised, um, in my recent research of the 1929 stock market crash leading into the Great Depression, I'm here to tell you that it doesn't happen suddenly. Okay? We're already in the middle of what happened all we, we all we need is a bigger stock. The stock market is always already in the process of crashing. Uh, the S and P 500 has is gone down further this year than its entire history. Now, um, now it, there's fluctuations and all that, but here's the thing: it took a long time for the stock market to go completely down, and then the bank rushes were later. It, but that whole dust bowl deal and kids eating mud pies and all that that took like years before all that stuff started happening. So there was nothing speedy at all about the Great Depression in the United States of Babylon the Great. Next one up, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Pope Francis has made an announcement that we are already in the throes of World War III. Yup. Listen to this. Energy companies shut down access to home thermostats uh, during 90-degree heat wave in Denver. So guess what? Yep. I wouldn't have let those guys come within 100 yards of my house. I'm like, if you don't have a subpoena and, like, armed sheriffs punching your way through my door, you are not touching my thermostats. Oh, well. Next one up. 60% of United Kingdom factories may shut up shop due to soaring energy bills, according to a study. United Kingdom is in deep, deep trouble. Of course, I talked about the deplatforming uh, of WorldNet Daily. They're freaking out. Uh, Steve Bannon, his house was swatted again by SWAT cops. So that, you know, after, you know, here's how it works. You know, the person, you know, eventually gets out of the clutches of the evil in one way or another. And then they go back out and they reveal the evil. And then the evil comes back and swats their house. And then rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. <laughs> and on that note, let's bring on Brother Gary. Praise Jesus. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. 
How descendants of giants, how descendants of giants plan to enslave mankind, the Genesis 6 conspiracy, praise God, and a favorite program of so many people for really great reasons. Um, I had, you know how it says in the Bible, um, you know, uh, you know, you, I was in jail and you didn't come and visit me and everything. Uh, and that what you do to the least of these, you do to me. When Jesus was, you know, admonishing us, well, I have a friend and he's in jail. And I'm not going to judge anything, okay? I'm just there as, you know, hopefully a proper representative of Christ. But anyway, I sent him this book, and he gobbled that book up. I, I would, I would, gentlemen, bet every one of you out there that that book is flying around the entire Hillsborough County jail system. <laughs> Hallelujah. So anyway, on that note, let's bring on Brother Gary. Brother Gary, are you there? I am, and uh, thank you for uh, sending that individual my book. Very much appreciated. And uh, the book has gone to a number of prisons and uh, seems to have a, a bit of a following there. I'm not sure how or why, but it, uh, maybe they've got lots to think about, and that book will give them a lot to think about. So thank you for uh, thank you for doing that. Oh no, no, absolutely, and you, you nailed it. Um, you know, I I. Without getting into the details, the person that I know that's in the jail um, that I've known, you know, all the way back into the 80s, uh, he, you know, they, they want they want puzzles. They want things to occupy their mind. You know, it's, it's the fact that their mind is not being occupied continuously. It's driving them crazy. It's like being in solitary confinement. So they're so th- that's what they're hungry for. And then your book. That's a journey of complexity on a whole nother level of magnitude. So they're, that's I, I believe with all of my heart, that's that's it. That's the key. That's why they want your book as opposed to all the other wishy-washy kind of watered-down books because your book really makes them think. And and, it, and let me tell you, he uh, when I talked to Tony, he was like – Wow, <laughs> you know, it's like it's you know extremely popular, you know. And I was like, well, praise God, that's awesome. I, Tony said he read it in less than a week, and I'm like, man, he must have a lot of free time on his hand. <laughs> praise cool. God. But anyway, um, yeah, so, thank you very much. His brain must hurt. <laughs> I'm telling you, how do you yeah, stop no the problem, hemorrhaging? So, and... You know. <laughs> Yeah, awesome stuff. Praise <laughs> God. Thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah, no, it, like, you know, so I was going to make a Hannibal so. Lecter comment, but yeah. say that again. Um, we, we, what happens is there's a little bit of a delay, and sometimes we step on each other. Sorry about that, Gary. But anyway, I'm just going to turn the mic over to you, and thank you uh, once again for joining us. Uh, Praise okay. God. Yeah, and uh, so in that sort of vein of thought, and also with the uh, headlines that uh, – we're just gone over, which are absolutely make your hair stand up and go gray and instantaneously if you didn't know, you know, where all of this was heading. So we're going to continue with uh, a chapter in the book, and we're on chapter 33, the Holy Covenant. And the Holy Covenant is one of those things, again, that is not taught in churches uh, and not taught in detail whatsoever. It might be referred to. It's not honored in churches and there's no context provided to why there was this holy covenant and how that impacted the commission that israel was created for and there's no connection in modern churches and teaches for the most part i know there are some 
good congregations out there that, that do teach prehistory and prophecy. Um, but without understanding Israel and prophecy and the importance of, of Israel, then you miss so much of what is going on and what is going to happen in the end time because Israel is going to play a, a large role in the end time, not in the first three and a half years of the last seven, but certainly in the last three and a half years. So when we talk about um, the Holy Covenant, this is something that all Israel swore several times to uh, as a complete country to uphold no matter what. So we're going to talk tonight about how that has provides additional context for the Exodus and the wars of that took place in the conquest of the covenant land that God had gifted to Israel, that giants had, and hybrid human giants, uh, had settled into waiting for the nation of hope and the nation of destiny to come in so that not only could they spoil the land and corrupt the land, but they wanted to destroy the nation of hope. And we're going to talk about a lot of things about Israel and maybe a few things about the Holy Covenant tonight that you're not all that familiar with. And so this nation of destiny is described in Exodus 19, verses 4 through 6, as a nation that was raised in Egypt, but a nation that was set aside as a nation of priests bound into a holy covenant. And so this is a nation that was created specifically um, for the fulfillment of humankind's destiny and uh, to fulfill so much of prophecy, because prophecy centers all around Israel, both the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom, and will again um, in a large part in, in, in the end time. And so this is the nation that was raised as a nation of slaves, taking on nations that outnumbered them significantly and, as I said, had strong military and were much larger and stronger than they were. So chapter 33, I I lead into this uh, chapter with a quote out of Deuteronomy 28, and I've shortened it, but I'll read it because I think it's important, 28, 15 to 64, some of the highlights as it applies to the Genesis 6 conspiracy. And it says, however, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. You will be cursed in the city, cursed in the country. i move on. The Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, from the ends of the earth, a fierce-looking nation without respect for the old or pity for the young. You were as numerous as the stars in the sky uh, will be left, but few in number. I'm sorry, you were as numerous as the stars in the sky will be left, but few in number. Then the Lord will scatter you amongst all nations from one end to the other. This is a warning of the curses of the covenant to Israel that if they didn't fulfill the covenant and did not honor the covenant, 
that they would suffer the curses of the covenant. The flip side of the coin was is they would receive the blessings of the covenant when they held up the covenant and all the blessings that God would provide them. So you get this accounting in the Old Testament that's all tied back to the oath that Israel swore to. And whether or not they were, when they were doing well, they were on a revival, they were upholding the covenant. When they did poorly, they were backsliding. And so this is a major piece of context to what was going on in the time of the Exodus and the time of the giant wars. And so Israel did not fulfill their obligation to eradicate the land. And this was a promise that they had sworn to in the Holy Covenant. And most people don't realize, and the churches don't teach, why Israel was so committed to wipe out all of the people on the land. And we're going to go cover some of those reasons as well today. But it was an oath that they took and swore several times to. And so people like the Philistines and the Amorites and the Gibeonites and the Canaanites were all people that were not eradicated from the covenant land and more. And those nations are recorded in Joshua 9, but they come up throughout the Old Testament history because they're still living amongst Israel because Israel did not fulfill their pledge in the covenant. And Israel was given comprehensive instructions and comprehensive obligations. And it was set down not only in the Ten Commandments, but in the law that was provided to them that's recorded in you know, Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And there should have been no gray areas here. And it's not like it was, okay, you, you, you fail once and you're going to be cursed. It was... It's very slow in coming about because Israel is not taken into exile into Assyria by the beast empire of Assyria until 721 BC. And the Exodus is circa 14 to 1450 BC. So God's been patient and God doesn't take all of Israel into exile at that time. But Israel is lost into the nations with that part of the curses. And then Judah will be taken a few hundred years later in about 589 by the Babylonians. And all through both the age of the judges, the time of the covenant wars, and the age of the monarchy, there's this continual revival, backslide, revival, backslide, until finally God says it's time that we will fulfill Israel's destiny, humankind's destiny, not through the blessings of the covenant, but through the curses. And that's because God is Alpha Omega, and he knows how everything is going to play out and end, and he knew this from the beginning, and God is greater than uh, free choice. But Israel had free choice, and all of their generations had free choice. And so this is all the things that are sort of brewing within the curses and the covenants and the and the uh, blessings of the covenant. And so Israel did not remove these people from the land. 
and even Gibeonites, for example, they're, they're the Hivites and uh, likely the Havim because Gibeon was a royal city and they become servants within the temple. And uh, it would appear to me that they converted, but these are still part of a race that was dead set against Israel. And I think they become the Nethanim that are the temple servants even into the time of, of Solomon, but that's a different rabbit hole, not for tonight. And so Israel was set aside as a nation of priests to make this holy covenant with God. And God forgave them many times. Um, but at the end of the day, things are going to play out as they are going to play out. And so we're going to talk a little bit about um, the curses of, of the covenant. And it's because of not eradicating the people from the land and giants, hybrid giants. And, uh, and if there were some non-hybrids in there, then the Canaanites that were not intermixed with, with Rephaim and bloodlines. But these people led Israel back into polytheism. They would lure them away consistently, just as they did with Solomon, with all of his wives. So this is something that goes on throughout Israel's history. And this wasn't just polytheism. This is the religion of the Raphaim, of the giants, of the Nephilim, before the flood. This is the religion of the fallen angels. This is the religion of rebellion. And this is a nation of priests that are rebelling against God when they're doing that. And these polytheist nations that have survivors that live on with Israel, it's their intent to try to prevent Israel from fulfilling and completing their destiny to bring about the Messiah, to bring about the resolution to the angelic rebellion, because the Israelites are carrying on the tradition of Abraham and Noah and um, all the way back to Adam. And Adam and Eve were created to, to be the resolution to the angelic rebellion. And this is the plan that Jesus, that God had laid out based on all the things that were going to happen throughout antediluvian history, prehistory, history, even into the day where everybody has free choice. And so because of that, the curses were brought in and you see what we have today. We have a very small nation of Judah that is back in the southern kingdom. At least uh, some of them, are that population, are the original Judeans, and these are the people God will fight for in the end. But we still haven't seen uh, lost Israel to awaken, but they will in the last seven years. And then we'll enter into Exodus with Judah after the abomination by, by the Antichrist. So look look for that, and maybe look for the 144,000 um, as being part of awaking lost Israel when those last seven years come about. That, uh, and one of the reasons why perhaps that uh, they're from the tribes of Israel except for Dan. And Dan obviously has done something that we're not going to go into tonight that um, has forfeited their right to have 12,000 of these evangelists that go out and awaken Israel and awaken the whole world to preach the gospel as Jesus talked about along with the two witnesses and the angel in the first three and a half years of the last seven. And so 
they may also be made up of the firstborn sons that uh, God selected from Israel and kept for himself. We don't know what makes up these 144,000, but again, if we look through the lens of the covenant and the covenant being fulfilled, because even through the curses, Israel will be gathered in the end time. God will not forget his covenant. His covenant. He will forgive them again, and he will bring them back into the covenant under Jesus as their Redeemer and Messiah, who will take them, as the book of Micah talks about in other chapters in Second Exodus, um, to await the Armageddon battle and then to receive the reward going in, into the millennium. And so Assyria scattered Israel into all of the nations of the world. Uh, Babylonians took them to Babylon, Persia, let them return, then Romans scattered visible Judah. I like to call them visible Judah because Israel is not visible. And we see that the remnant of, of visible Judah today and what they have suffered because of the curses of the Holy Covenant. But as I say, that covenant is not forgotten. And even in the time of uh, King David, uh, he's, he comes along after King Saul, and you have the Philistines who are still an enemy of Israel. And the Philistines are fighting Israel all throughout the epoch of the judges, and they're filled with remnants of the Raphaim. Not only are Philistines hybrid humans who appropriated land and migrated back there from Crete, probably after the Santorini uh, eruption, but they come with the Ekaterim and the Cherethim and a few other Raphaim kinds of people because the Philistines come from Ham, and so they are human, but they are human hybrids. But they partner after expropriating the land from giants as well. They become partners with the Avim, and with the Anakim uh, in, in the south, and perhaps even some other ones. And they're part of that whole Philistine uh, makeup and military makeup that they, Israel does not take on in the time of the Exodus. And it's because one of the reasons is that uh, for not taking the land quickly is because they Israel wasn't large enough. They didn't didn't have enough people to uh, populate the land. So God had promised to provide it to them little by little, um, providing they kept up the laws and, 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 and the covenant. And they, Joshua does not complete the, uh, the, the taking of the land before he dies. So you, you can understand this is a almost perpetual war Israel is in. And Israel grows tired of this war. And we enter into the age of the, the judges and the backsliding that takes place. And God raises judges to push back their enemies until the time of uh, the monarchy of King Saul and then King David. And so this plague uh, that is talked about within the covenant has come back to hurt them, and it will continue to hurt them throughout throughout their history while they're in the covenant land. And so when David comes along, he completes Israel's commission. He is going to drive 
the Philistines out and subdue the Philistines. He's going to deal with the remnant of the whoring. He is going to deal with all of the countries that are still lining up against Israel, and he's going to subdue them and, and do what was not completed in the time of the covenant, in the time of the exodus. And what David does is he becomes, you know, the first king of the royal line. King Saul is the first king, but he, king, Saul, king Saul did not uh, um, eradicate the people as he was supposed to do, and he fails miserably uh, at the time. He wins the war, but he doesn't follow the regulations. And, you know, Samuel was quite clear with Saul that he was asked to utterly destroy all of these people that were inhabiting the covenant land. And he had left uh, survivors, and he had uh, spared King Adad, who was of the of the Rephaim bloodline, for uh, reasons that I, I cover off in, 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 in the book. There's quite a few different reasons, but nonetheless, he, he violates his, his oath to uphold the Holy Covenant. And when the kings um, are asked for by Israel, God agrees to this, and uh, he is uh, going to lay down as part of that allowance down the road when they ask for a king, that the king be read the laws and the covenant every day to be reminded of their obligations, but they do not. Uh, king Saul does not fulfill the covenant as well. So King David is brought in to do that. And one of the main things, other than being loyal to God, it's to eradicate the offspring of the fallen angels, the spurious offspring, the demigods, the giants, and because of their fertility issues, the hybrid humans that they intermarry with to try and replenish their numbers with. And within the Holy Covenant, there are specific specific details that God provides uh, Israel. And it's, you know, it's the war edict and it's the driving out of the nation's edict that's talked about in a, in a couple of uh, not chapters, but uh, books of the Bible like Deuteronomy and, and, and the book of Numbers. And it's important that people understand this because Christians tend to do not have an answer for why people of Israel were, as they're accused, wiping out innocent people. Well, these were not innocent people. These were the offspring of the fallen angels, and they laid there in wait to wipe Israel from the face of the earth so they could not bring about their Messiah. And so in the war edict and in the edict of the driving out of the nations, we get some very, very important details. And these were the details that Joshua was fulfilling Moses fulfilled, but not all the people wanted to fulfill it, and not all of the leaders uh, in the age of the epoch, and not all of the kings were willing to do as they had sworn an oath to do. And so in Deuteronomy 7, verses 1 through 6, we get a couple interesting details in this war edict that uh, they, Israel was told not to look on these people with pity and do not serve their gods. These were not innocent people. 
and do not look on with pity and whatever happens do not serve those gods uh, because serving those gods is breaking the covenant and this is also um, added detail that's added in numbers uh, chapter 33 55 through 56 is that these people if they do not kill them they will be like barbs and thorns that will seduce them back into polytheism and this is will be a snare as it's called it's a trap so all god is doing is laying out that these people are here to destroy you and even if you conquer them and you do not remove them completely from the land because again all all the people are asked to leave before the battles and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a couple of minutes just in terms of some of the instructions that the israel was provided but they chose to stay there and fight and these were nations that were as i said much more military capable uh, than what Israel was. And so they would be a snare to Israel, and they were. And and that's why history has not been fulfilled. Humankind's destiny has not been fulfilled through the blessings of the covenant because Israel fell short of the covenant by an almost unmeasurable sort of level in terms of how many times of the failing, but it's a high standard. Um, but uh, God allotted for that, and he will, he will make things right as he remembers his covenant and calls all of Israel by name in the end time, and including maybe look at Ezekiel 37 a little bit differently as a time of Jesus' coming, in the days of his coming, as the book of Luke talks about, in the days of his visitation, as it's talked about in the Old Testament, that Ezekiel 37 is a resurrection as part of the resurrection sequence, not of the church as what is described in, in the New Testament where it's Christ the first fruits and then when he comes, those who died in, in Jesus. Um, this is beyond that. This happened after that. And Ezekiel 37 is the last half of the last seven years prophecy when that is a resurrection of all Israel who will be judged as Daniel 12 links up. This is, you know, after the time of Jacob's trouble, this is the resolution of Jacob's Jacob's trouble and the trouble that's described in the last three and a half years in the great tribulation, as opposed to the tribulation of the saints uh, that, that comes upon that Israel and Judah is part of that um, Ezekiel 37 is part of the second exodus and will happen after the second exodus will happen after the resurrection of the dead where Israel will be judged the the past uh, of Israel and then they'll meet up with the people of Israel being led in exodus as the book of Micah talks about being led by Jesus and so expect Judah and Israel to accept Jesus after and accept them as his Messiah after the abomination and after the sign in the sky, which I think, and I can't go into detail tonight on it, I think will reflect his his wounds on the cross. I think it'll be a sign that is indisputable as, as to who it refers to. So these nations that are that Israel was to drive out, they had horses as uh, Deuteronomy uh I mean, Numbers 13.33 and Deuteronomy 7 talks about they had horses and chariots and iron weaponry and more people. 
and were larger and stronger. And so God was going to say, God was saying to them, I will protect you. I will deliver them up to you. And he did that in a number of ways, but for the most part, as in Exodus 23:28, Deuteronomy 7:20, and Joshua 24:12 talk about hornets uh, were used to drive them insane on the battlefield, to break up their hive telepathic communication as, as is speculated that the uh, that the giants had as part of their bloodline, and that complete confusion and panic overtook them because they couldn't carry out the tactics the way that they were trained and they were served up for Israel on the battlefield. And so in, in, the, in the war edicts that are given to uh, Israel in Deuteronomy 20, verse 13, it says, to the sword, all the men in the land. So, and it goes on to say, lest God does to you what he planned to do to them. So, again, as part of the covenant, if Israel, after sworn covenant, does not fulfill the covenant, they're going to have themselves almost wiped from the face of the earth, which is what happens with a small remnant going into Assyria, a small remnant going into Babylon, and a remnant that was distributed around the world with the diaspora in 70 AD by the Romans. That's what happens, because uh, God holds everybody accountable to oaths and so the oath that you swear as in in a literal oath uh, to god uh, then he will hold you accountable and israel and judah were held accountable for not upholding the oath that they swore in in the holy covenant in deuteronomy 7 uh, verse 27 uh, it says that god will drive them out little by little because the land was so large. And so they needed to be patient in terms of fulfilling the instructions from God. But when they did go to war and understand that before Israel crossed the Jordan, uh, even though Abraham has promised a land from the Nile to the Euphrates, the land that is being distributed to Israel is west of the Jordan. And so when they march around Edom and around Ammon and around Moab and up into the northern part of, of that eastern area east of the Jordan River to fight King Og, to fight King Sihon, and to fight the Midianite, the five kings of the Midianite who were allies of Sihon. This was not in the covenant land. So their instructions for, for cities that they're fighting outside of their territory is, is, is this, that um, they're to make an offer of peace to the people. Uh, and if they surrender, then they, they, they can live. It will be forced labor, but they can win. And you see David doing this when he's fighting with the Syrians and with the Edomites and with all the nations that he was taking on, uh, because those areas were outside of the land of the covenant that was given to Israel at that time, as opposed to the larger area that they will have in the millennium that was promised to Abraham. And if, if they chose war, uh, then they were to siege the city. If they chose peace, they could live, but they would be in forced labor. But Israel, if, if it was refused that, 
offered by from Israel then, Israel was to seize the city and then put all men to the sword. But they could take the women and the livestock and anything else for plunder as they saw fit. But in the covenant land, once they crossed the Jordan, once they gave the warnings, once they gathered in great alliances to take on Israel, everything else was different. So within the ones who are corrupting the land of the covenant, the instructions are to leave nothing alive, to utterly destroy the people, consume all the people, as Deuteronomy 7.16 talks about. To utterly destroy is that Hebrew word haram, C-H-A. R-A-M, and it's rooted in the same series of words of, of, of Herman, and, and it has a number of different meanings, but in this meaning, it's a ritual uh, affair. This is a ritual of atonement and punishment for all of the crimes that the people of the covenant, or not the people of the covenant, the people of, of Canaan, giant and hybrid, did against God for squatting in God's land illegally and for all the horrible things that they did within the land and then not taking heed and leaving when Israel showed up but chose to stay to wipe the nation of hope from the face of the earth and for the some of the allies like the Amalekites who we talked about or the Midianites um, or the uh, Edomites they would be looking to, you know, as descendants of, of, of Abraham they, and, and Isaac, they would be looking to uh, inherit the Holy Covenant. They would be looking to inherit the blessings of the covenant. They would be looking to inherit the not only the land, but all of the blessings that come with the nation that was totally wiped out, that was awarded all of these blessings, and the, the Messiah blessings as well so there was motive for um, many of these nations to ally themselves with uh, the giants to not only wipe israel from the face of the earth but to be rewarded for that and so have no pity in deuteronomy 7 god says on them Uh, and do not serve their gods again because it's going to be a snare for you to do so and so as we talked about uh, a, a few minutes ago, Deuteronomy 17 goes on to talk about when you ask for a king, and that's Saul and David, uh, when you want to be like other nations where you have a king, and they were chosen Saul who was, you know, full of head and neck, uh, taller than anybody else in the land. They were choosing somebody that looked like a a Raphaim in my opinion because he was a warrior and he was tall and they wanted to be like other nations the king was to uphold the edicts of the covenant and that included the war covenant these were oaths that were sworn to do that did not happen in the age of the judges and so when the king came along with Saul Samuel went to Saul to have him do what was in the covenant 
and he failed to do that. And he was told literally in 1 Samuel 15, 3, to utterly destroy them. That's the, the Hebrew word haram, and that's used a lot. And you'll see in the King James Version Bible, utterly and utterly destroy. Although destroy can be used in a few separate applications from another Hebrew word, utterly and used with utterly destroy at times, so you get both haram and the other Hebrew word, but it's always in this utterly destroy as part of the Holy Covenant oath and part of that ritual and part of the obligations of the covenant to do so. And so these were the edicts uh, that they swore to. And David comes along and, you know, after a long soap opera type of uh, back and forth as he's growing up between he and Saul, David finally becomes king after the, uh, losing a battle with the Philistines and a battle that Saul had his vassal Amalekites that he let live watching his rear side. And they're the ones who betrayed them in, in the war with the Philistines that cost Saul his life. It was a snare. It was a trap. And it was a violation of, of the Holy Covenant. And so um, David comes along, and he's the warrior king. And he has a heart after God. It's not that he wasn't a violent man, because he was a warrior. I mean, he, he literally, at one point in time, took 50 foreskins uh, to Saul um, to uh, fulfill an obligation to, to King Saul. He was a warrior from the beginning, from the time when he killed Goliath to the time that he died. And he was not permitted to become the king that built the first temple that went to Solomon. And so David kind of represents, in fulfilling the covenant, the warrior aspect that Jesus will be in the end time. Solomon's more the priest aspect. Uh, even though he, he he went wayward with the wives, um, who was permitted to um, build the temple and, and was received great wisdom. So he's kind of that sort of lamb priest side to the dual nature. I think Solomon and David represent uh, for the future descendant, um, Jesus, that would come down the road. And so Israel and Judah failed the covenant all the way through, except for some brief periods as in the, in the, in the time of King David. And it's important to understand what was going on in the end time, that this was a battle that if Israel didn't win to at least the level that they did in the time of Moses and Joshua and the time of David, that evil would have pushed over the whole world. And Israel was created, as I said, to deliver the Messiah. And they were able to do that through the curses of the covenant. We, we can't imagine how things would have turned out through, through the blessings. But God knew as the Alpha Omega that uh, Israel and Judah would do as they did. He knew, he knew in advance every choice every human would, would make. But he lets it play out because he's greater than free choice. He let the angelic rebellion play out. He knew that was going to happen. 
And all of this was being laid out so that um, he will have loyal angels and loyal humans. And in the resurrection, we will be resurrected to be like angels and will judge the fallen angels who created the spurious ones and who did crimes against humanity. I expect we'll judge the terrible ones who did terrible things, as Ezekiel 32 talks about, with the uh, the kings, the Rephaim kings, and all of the elite that did horrible things to humans throughout our history. And the resolution is, is brought about through through the Messiah. And so we need to understand why the Messiah came. He came because of the Holy Covenant. He came because Israel did what they needed to do, at least at, at the minimum level, and they will be rewarded for their end. So don't let people say that Israel is forgotten, because if you read through the details of the Holy Covenant, he will remember his, God says he will remember his covenant forever. And as we read in Deuteronomy 28, you know, the Lord will scatter you amongst all the nations from one end to the other, but he will also gather you in the end time. And so the end time is about the resolution that started with Adam, but also the resolution of the Holy Covenant, because Jesus is, Jesus' commission is fulfilled through the Holy Covenant and the prophecies of the Holy Covenant. You, one should look at all of the prophecies out of Israel. All of the prophecies in the New Testament are prophecies of what was bound in this Holy Covenant that would be completed through the curses of the covenant that includes the playing out through the fig tree generation Jesus talked about and through the last seven years. And so all of this and all of the signs that Jesus is providing for us in his oratory to the disciples when they asked them when he would be coming and what the signs of his coming would be and he goes through these horrific signs he goes through the beginning of sorrows which are the birth pangs of wars and rumors of war and earthquakes and famine and famine and and, and, and uh pandemics and so pestilence and so that these would get stronger throughout the fig tree generation and throughout the last seven years this is part of the curses, because this is free choice that will be playing out. But within those prophetic years that are talked about in Daniel 9, the 70 weeks, we have seen all of those prophecies of the covenant fulfilled, except for the ones that will happen in the fig tree generation, which we're seeing many of them, and in the last seven years. So in Daniel 9, there's seven years in the end, which is shows up, you get the word end in the King James Version Bible twice in that, in, in Daniel 9.26, and end is the Hebrew word ket, meaning the end time. And the end time 
is the seven years beginning with the covenant that Antichrist will sign. And in the middle of those seven years uh, is the time of Jacob's trouble. And there's also, as, as the book of Micah talks about in Daniel and Daniel 12, the time of trouble. That's the time of the resurrection of Israel, some to everlasting uh, life and some to, to, to the second death that is described in Daniel 12. It's not referencing the resurrection or the judgment of the saint. This, this is the Israel. And as the book of, as the book of Romans talks about, um, this is the root. This is the trunk. And we're grafted in. And God will remember them. And their hearts have been hardened for a time. But they will remember who they are. They will accept their Messiah as we go into uh, the last uh, three and a half years. And at that point in time, they are brought back into the bride. And it's the fulfillment of the Holy Covenant obligation. And the saints are fulfilled before they, the, the Israel is because Israel violated the covenant. But it is still going to be fulfilled and in time for the bride in Revelation 19. So when you hear the language about the year of the Lord's favor in the book of Luke and, and the book of Isaiah, this is the year before the year of the Lord, the year of the wrath rolls, the, the year that leads up to the Armageddon, um, the Hebrew word uh, for appointed time, and that is Moad, which is another rabbit hole, which is the Mount of of the Assembly, which is probably Mount Hermon. Um, and this is, the, this is the time when that full covenant is fulfilled and you have the saints grafted into the Holy Covenant and rewarded for it, and you have the re, repositioning of Israel and Judah back into that Holy Covenant and forgiven and all will be part of the Lamb's Supper just before the Battle of Armageddon and, and the ritual appointed time assembly that is, is Armageddon. So we need to understand the Holy Covenant. The Holy Covenant needs to be taught um, in the context of the time, in the context of what was to be accomplished, and in the context of who the enemy was and what their purpose was, and that what we are seeing today are the manifestations from the curses of the covenant um, because Israel was not able to meet the standard to do it through the blessings of the covenant. And so hopefully that people will maybe go back and maybe read through uh, the, the details of the Holy Covenant that's talked about in Deuteronomy and Leviticus because those are important deals. Uh, details and you need to understand them and fit them in in context to end time prophecy just as one needs to apply prophecy in terms of my approach to where it says Judah you apply that prophecy to Judah in the end time where it's Israel which are the lost tribes you apply that prophecy to Israel and, and if it's a specific tribe of Israel, then you apply it to that specific tribe. Those are not church prophecies. New Testament prophecy covers most of the, uh, well, virtually all of the, uh, the the church prophecies. So understanding that there's two parallel lanes that are coming together back into the covenant for the end time. And because we are part of that covenant, 
we ought to know what's written in the Holy Covenant that we are part of. So I would encourage people to read it, and I would encourage uh, teachers to teach it and teach it in context with prehistory and prophecy. And so that ends my presentation for tonight, and I'm hoping that people found um, what I had to say about the Holy Covenant uh, a little bit out of the normal teaching, because that's what we're trying to do, and we're trying to get people to dig deeper into the Bible, but maybe revisit with uh, with a new lens. And so I'll be back next week, and we'll be continuing um, with another couple of chapters going forward, and it's going to be about Jericho uh, next month. That's awesome. Next month. Yeah, next month. Amen. Praise God. Yeah, no, um, uh, I, I, um, I wonder, you know, to myself, the, you know, Jesus, so the whole New Testament, you know, Jesus says he establishes the new covenant, and it's a greater covenant. It's a better covenant, and it supersedes. And if you know anything about contracts, and you put two, you know, a covenant is an eternal contract, essentially. So if you take the old covenant, you put it side by side with the new covenant, what you what you have to do as a uh, royal priest is you need to be able to understand that Jesus Jesus' mandates superseded those which were established in the old covenant. Because Jesus is God, and Jesus who was prophesied about all throughout the Old Testament, so... It's really essentially one and the same, two contracts, two covenants, side by side, with Jesus having superseding clauses, uh, you know, and superseding uh, requirements uh, to partake in the benefits of the, that new covenant. So it'll be, it'll be really fascinating to see how this all pulls together, um, yeah. and I'm real excited about it because I know that at the end, you know, you can't, for example, if Jesus didn't supersede a particular covenant— you know, where that whole deal where he, he would go, you have heard that it was said that you could do this, that, and the other thing. But I say, see, that is him superseding that, the old covenant. So, you know, um, I, I love this subject. I think it's very exciting. I've, I've known about how a lot of the things that were, you know, ritualistic, essentially, you know, the, the, the priesthood and a lot of those uh, uh ceremony type things are things that we're going to, I believe we're going to end up doing them again in glory. All right. So anyway, so thank you so much as always, Gary, uh, you know, just, uh, can't tell you how much people appreciate the, the, the time that you put into the book, how thorough it is and everything. So would you real quick for those who may be new listeners or passersby, would you share with them where they can go to get more information about your work, get in contact, you know, get the book, that kind of thing. Yeah, so uh, the best way to get a hold of me is through my website at the Genesis6Conspiracy.com. That's Genesis6 with the number 6, Conspiracy.com. And on the website is a generous excerpt of all 98 chapters, so you'll get a good feel for what's in the book, but it's just the tip of the iceberg as to the information that's in there. And if you wanted to purchase a copy of that book, you can uh, go to the Buy Now icon and click on that. You can buy a signed copy from my or you can link over to Kindle for the Kindle uh, digital version, and you can link over to barnesandnoble.com or to amazon.com or amazon.ca for uh, the printed version. And if you wanted a signed copy, I do ship 
uh, in Canada and do ship into the U.S. and do ship overseas. And there's a page for each of those three categories. So just click on the right page. And if you wanted to get a hold of me and ask me a question or get some more information, there's a contact the author um, button on there as well. And with my new book, and I think I'm on the last chapter. If I'm not, it's on the second last chapter for the sequel, um, Genesis 6 Conspiracy Part 2. Uh, prehistory and prophecy and it'll be marketed uh, and sold through the same website so um, and people if they want to get hold of me through uh, Facebook that's the only other social media I'm on you can get hold of me through messenger or on my timeline what's the name of the timeline what do you type into Facebook to go there Gary Wayne (laughs) and you'll see my picture (laughs) And oh, I'll have stuff about Gary, okay, so folks, type in Gary Wayne. Yeah, folks, type in Gary Wayne on Facebook, and then that'll kind of give you the uh, the high speed electronic uh, go right to the source, you know, kind of connection thing. So, anyway, thank you all for joining us tonight. Thank you so much, Gary. Yep. As always, um, what a powerful blessing! I'm very excited to see the uh, the covenant information being uh, kind of blended into this whole. Uh, I lo- also loved how. Uh, you uh, so eloquently and accurately uh, tackled the hundred. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the hundred and forty-four thousand, and you know it's just like people they pigeonhole the stuff that's in the Bible to a certain time or a certain, but they fail to consider eternity. They fail to consider the millennium period. They fail to consider that a lot of the text. Did, it's not. It didn't have to happen yesterday, and it didn't, and it doesn't have to happen before Jesus comes. And they, and that that hinders a lot of people's uh, ability to think things through very clearly, and understand, you know, arguably how very close we could be uh, to uh, some very ultra end times God's judgment type things happening. Uh, you know, we could be on the precipice of that. And if Jesus is warning us about the beginning of sorrows, then that pretty much implies pretty strongly that there's a sorrows period so anyway um I, I, i'm not so happy about having to go through that personally i'm hoping we get evacuated before that but anyway thank you so much gary yeah. uh, powerful program as always thank you thank you all right thank and you. on that night god bless you all we will see you um it's, it's uh sunday september the 4th we're gonna see you lord willing Pray for each other. They're very important. All right. Um, And that'll be this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon. The great God bless you all. Sinners that the mercy of grace redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Yes, Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free. Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice. As we lift your name on high. 
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.